Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. With 50 people, 75 buildings and an occasionally dark past, Pitcairn Island's about as isolated as it's possible to get on Earth. 5,500 kilometres from New Zealand, just about slap bang in the middle of the South Pacific Ocean. A new show called Extremities finds out what it's like to live in some of Earth's most remote and extreme settlements. And Pitcairn, this tiny British overseas territory with close ties to New Zealand, is the show's first stop. It's not an easy place to get to. Exit the Palace of Westminster, walk across New Palace Yard, enter Westminster Station, tap on and take the District Line 4 stops to South Kensington. Transfer onto the Piccadilly Line to Heathrow Terminal 4. After 14 stops, mind the gap, get off, watch for car clash, check in, head through security, and turn right. There's a WH Smith or a Boots just there where you should buy some snacks. It's going to be a long trip. Just make sure you don't miss your flight. If you miss your flight, you're going to arrive a week late. Please don't miss your flight. Board your flight on time. It's Air France Flight 15. This is what the first three and a half minutes of the show sounds like. After 11 sleepless hours, your plane will touch down at LAX. Get off, go through customs, pick up your bag, and check it right back in. It's weird, you ask. As the host, Sam Denby, outlines the hideous six day journey. Wake up seven hours later, just before landing at Fa'a International Airport in Tahiti at 6 15 a.m. That takes you from the UK to Pitcairn. After three hours and 45 minutes flying east in the small turboprop, land in Totojeji, still French Polynesia. Grab the ferry to Mangareva. The only thing on Totojeji is the airport itself. Meet the crew of the MV Bravo supporter. They'll take you to the boat. Find your Until finally, shower, finally, finally you glimpse land. You'll first see these steep cliffs and rocky coast on the west end of the island, but as the boat rounds the landmass, you'll spot a few buildings. You might even see some people waving too. Very soon, the boat will drop anchor just outside the small harbour. Gather your luggage, get your passport stamped, board the longboat, and try to stay dry on the rough but quick ride in. Get off the longboat, take a few steps forward, and you have arrived. You've just spent six days and 4,089 US dollars traveling from the UK to the UK. You have arrived in Pitcairn Island. And here's what you find when you get there. It's at about this time in the show when you should, if you haven't already, fire up your mapping app of choice and learn exactly where Pitcairn Island is. You'll see that it's just about as far from South America as it is from New Zealand, and just about as far from Hawaii as it is from Antarctica. It is about as perfectly in the middle of the South Pacific Ocean an island can be. The middle of the world's largest ocean. Pitcairn is roughly two miles wide and one mile tall. That's three and a half by one and a half kilometers. There is no airport on Pitcairn, and there is no airport near Pitcairn. The only way in without your own boat is that 32-hour ride from Mangareva. Mangareva, in fact, is the closest inhabited place to Pitcairn, even though it is over 300 miles or 500 kilometers away. The closest real city, though, is Auckland, New Zealand, which is over 3,000 miles or 5,000 kilometers away. 
For context, that means that when you're on Pitcairn, the closest truly developed place is as far as Boston is from London, as far as London is from Dubai, as far as Dubai is from Bangkok, as far as Bangkok is from Perth, and as far as Perth is from Auckland. You'll understand by now, Pitcairn is well and truly isolated. But there's only one number that you absolutely need to remember. This one number gives context to the whole rest of the story. It's 50. 5 zero. That's how many people live on Pitcairn Island. This island, this community, this bit of Britain on the other side of the world could all fit into a single bus. Those 50 people live there, on this solitary speck of land in the South Pacific, many for their entire lives, days away from the nearest other town, and 9,000 miles or 15,000 kilometers from their country's capital in London. But now, I'd like to introduce you to Brad. Right, uh, so my name is Bradley Brown. I, I am from Auckland, New Zealand, and I am um, I'm a Pitcairn Islander. Brad represents part of the considerable number of ethnic Pitcairn Islanders who no longer live on Pitcairn. He's an outside insider. I talked to Brad while he was on Pitcairn. He's visited a few times just to see family and also see the island. This sort of visit by ethnic Pitcairners is something that the Pitcairn government is actively encouraging. They're really working hard to encourage um, people like myself back back to Pitcairn Island, you know, that have, that have family ties and um, that, that sort of understand the island, um, have grown up with it, with it around them, but um, have never really spent much time here. They're, they're trying to really encourage them and back to lend a hand and experience what it's like. We'll get into this more later, but something the island needs is numbers, and even these short, few-month visits like Brad is doing helps with that. So now you have a spatial understanding of where Pitcairn is and what its outline looks like, but what's actually on Pitcairn? We've got Bounty Bay, which they also call the landing. So here, it's where the longboats are stored, pretty much all the boats are stored there, um, fishing boats and everything. That's where you come ashore, and you head up the Hill of Difficulty, which is a steep hill which um, will lead you into Adamstown. Adamstown is the capital city of the Pitcairn Islands, which also makes it the third least populous capital city in the world. So Adamstown is where most people have their houses. Probably 90% of the houses are in Adamstown. The houses make up many of the 75 buildings on Pitcairn. Adamstown is where all the public services are. There's a post office, for example, and it only costs £1.10 to send a letter from London to there, but if you look it up on the Royal Mail website, it says they, quote, aim to deliver within 84 days. There's also a government building, a courthouse, a prison, and right next door to those is a church. There's a health center staffed by a real doctor, but there's really only so much they can do in the middle of the ocean. There's a school with two swings, a small merry-go-round, and a spectacular ocean view. There's a pizza shop, Andy's Pizzeria, that according to Google Maps is open once a week on Fridays from 5.30 to 7pm, but I'm told those hours might be more of a loose guideline. It's just at his house. Yeah, he makes really good pizza. He's got a professional pizza oven and everything. Yeah, you put your order in and he'll, he'll make it. It's more of an on-demand pizza producer with occasional limited opening hours. That, in fact, is how most businesses work on Pitcairn. There's not, not a lot of point um, having something open all the time if people aren't going to use it, you know. There are a decent number of businesses, certainly a higher proportion per person than you'd have in a big city. They're just very limited in their opening hours. There's even a pub on Pitcairn. It is technically the UK, after all. It's called the Whale Tooth Tavern, and it's also supposedly open once a week on Fridays from 5 to 10.30pm, but it's really just a room in one couple's house. 
This, once again, is how many Pitcairn businesses are, rooms in people's houses. They seem to emulate small-town life well in this tiny, isolated, island town. There's also a general store with another spectacular view. The general store is so crucial, believe it or not, that it's run as a government department. This store is where almost everyone gets their food, so it's the business with the longest opening hours on the island. It's open Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, uh, just in the mornings. So if you, if you require any, any sort of food products, that, that, that store is there to be used. All the products are shipped in from New Zealand four times a year on the Bravo Supporter. As you can imagine, the good stuff goes fast. And if you want truly fresh food, you've got to grow it on Pitcairn. Just behind the general store are three diesel generators. They power the island, but they're only switched on for five hours in the morning and five in the evening, since it is, of course, expensive to get diesel to the island. Sprinkled in between everything mentioned so far are the homes of the island's 50 residents. Some right in downtown Adamstown, some a little further out. These homes are spacious, but not luxurious. There's just one paved road from the landing to the town center, while the rest of the island is interlinked by dirt roads. Pitcairn Islanders mostly zip around on ATVs or just walk. It's not a very big place. The island is quite mountainous, and its coasts are defined by steep cliffs. If you look at a map of Pitcairn, you'll notice that various points along the coast are named things like Nelly Fall or Robert Fall or Where Dick Fall. You can probably figure out what happened there many years ago. There are no sandy beaches or anything like that, but it really looks like what you'd imagine a tropical island paradise would look like. The warmest it's ever been on Pitcairn in recorded history is 92 degrees Fahrenheit or 33 degrees Celsius. The coldest it's ever been is 57 Fahrenheit or 14 Celsius. Most every day, no matter the season, it's just warm and nice. Never really hot. You've probably, at this point, now formulated some mental image of Pitcairn, and that's good. We're going to be talking a lot about this one tiny place. So just close your eyes, assuming you're not driving, and imagine you're at the general store with a spectacular view in front of the three generators that are on 10 hours per day on the one paved road. Follow that road downhill. You'll pass one house on the left, and then another one, and then another with a sign outside for Christian's Cafe. There's a fork in the road there, so just take the left as the road becomes steeper. Keep continuing downhill. At the next fork, take a left. The road will curve a bit to the right, then to the left, then sharply again to the left, and then you've arrived back at the landing. Looking straight out, the closest bit of land is Panama, the country, but a little closer, a few hundred feet offshore, just below the glistening, choppy South Pacific waters are the remains of a boat, the HMS Bounty. Some of episode one of Extremities called Arrival on Pitcairn. And there's more episodes out looking at stuff like the island's history and, of course, the Bounty Mutiny and its unique constitutional arrangements. And Extremities is written and produced by PJ Scott Blankenship and Sam Denby and is edited by Eric Schneider for Wendover Productions.